It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Thunder and Clippers tonight at the peak. Game number six for the one and five, Oklahoma City Thunder. So when is it okay to start talking about Billy Donovan's job security? We're going to jump into that. And the reason I'm going to bring that up is because the Thunder aren't the only one-win team in the NBA this year. And there's already some questions about former Oklahoma City Thunder coach Scott Brooks. But what about a guy like Mike D'Antoni? And who's feeling the heat more? Is it Mike D'Antoni down in Houston, or is it Billy Donovan here in Oklahoma City? And just how quick can we expect the Thunder to turn things around? Yes, it's one win, but the Thunder need to go out and get it tonight against the Clips as well. We're also going to talk about the 7-0 Milwaukee Bucks. Congratulations, Mr. St. Clair. As long as the Bucks stay undefeated every time the Bucks win, I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. St. Clair, who listens to us every day down in Australia. And uh, he called it on the Bucks because I jumped off the bandwagon this year, thought the Bucks at best might end up third, maybe fourth, more likely fourth, fifth in the Eastern Conference because they've underwhelmed every single year. But last night, they go out and get a win without Giannis Antetokounmpo. So with that, Mr. St. Clair, you have called the Bucks. You are the guy. I still owe you a beer, and I'm going to have to go down to Australia to share that with you. Plus, does Patrick Patterson play tonight? Considering that he started last time versus the Clips, we'll get into that in segment number one. The grind of the NBA. And this will come because there are some rumors, are is some speculation, however you want to say that, that maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo actually played with a concussion when he got elbowed in the head the other night. He set out, he was in concussion protocol versus the Raptors last night, but he may have played with a concussion. And how I think that NBA players don't necessarily get the credit they deserve for going through the grind of 82 games. And a lot of times, I believe, in a football-crazed country like the United States of America, we... We don't appreciate any sport but football. We look at football players as rough, as rough and tough, and you know they take this physical pounding. But what about basketball players? What about guys like Stephen Adams who set out with uh, with calf tightness the other day when the Thunder were playing the Phoenix Suns? Plus, we'll discuss um, whether or not Stephen Adams is able to go tonight, and if he can't, how comfortable are we seeing Nerlens Noel go out and start for the Oklahoma City Thunder again? And then finally, in segment number three. If Sam Presti decides that he is going to make a coaching change for the Thunder this year, what does that really mean for him? How much does that mean that Sam Presti needs to be changing his philosophy as GM? 
And that's a big question for Sam Presti to overcome because you're going to pull the trigger on somebody like Billy Donovan, who you are very simpatico with, then who is the guy you're going to replace him with that agrees with you philosophically? And that's a, that's a very tough question for Sam Presti to answer, but it's all, it's all valid considering that the Thunder are off to a 1-4 and four start this year. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I also work for News Radio 770 KKOB. I've covered the Thunder now for six seasons. I've had a blast doing it. And if you like what you hear, I would ask that you go to LockedOnThunder.com and check out all our other archive podcasts. Podcast. I don't know what a podcast is, but we do have podcast at lockedonthunder.com. We're also available at lockedonpodcast.com. Plus, we have video and audio from players and coaches as well. So, if you want anything from pregame or postgame, that is all there at Locked On Thunder. When is it okay to start asking about Billy Donovan's future here in Oklahoma City? It's all right to start asking about Billy Donovan's future now, considering that the Thunder are off to a 1-4 and four start. And if for some reason they were to lose to the Clippers tonight, now you're looking at 1-5. and five. And you're looking at 1-5 and five where the only key piece of your team that is gone is Andre Robertson. And I get that Sam Presti said at the end of last season that the Thunder weren't the same without Andre Robertson. Okay, that's fair. But you were still able to win a lot of games without Andre Robertson last year, even if you were never able to go on that significant win streak of, say, 10 or 12 games. You still got into the playoffs, and you got into the playoffs comfortably. Now he is your only key member that is missing from this team, other than the fact that you traded Carmelo Anthony, which I wonder if the Thunder are starting to regret that move considering how much they've struggled shooting three-pointers this year. And I was never on board with getting rid of Carmelo Anthony, no matter what he was costing money-wise. I love the pickup of Dennis Schroeder. Still think he has underperformed so far this regular season, and what he showed us during the preseason hasn't manifested itself here in these first few games. But Carmelo Anthony, you let him go. The Thunder aren't shooting well from from three-point range. Terrence Ferguson offensively can't really seem to find his footing in the starting lineup, which now you might be faced with starting a guy like Alex Sabrinas, which gives me zero confidence at all. And I am not i am not one of those guys in the chorus that cover the Thunder that are ready to see Alex Abrinas start or even see Alex Abrinas get more minutes because Alex Abrinas, if I'm just going on what I've seen out of Alex Abrinas the last few years, he is too inconsistent for me to want to put him in that role and think that he's going to be anything this year other than he was last year, which is an inconsistent basketball player. So now you've got to ask your question. Okay, you've got to ask your question if you're Sam Presti. You're not getting what you need out of Terrence Ferguson. Is it a case of him being in the wrong role? Alex Sabrinas has been inconsistent. Is it a case of lack of development? You haven't played Timotei Luwak-Cabarro other than just one single minute this year. Uh, Burton, I understand. I understand why you haven't played Burton just a whole lot because he's going to get his opportunity to prove what he can do for the Thunder down in the G League considering the fact that he's he's signed a two-way contract. So where are the issues? Other than guys just not performing, what are the other issues with this team? And you now have to start questioning coaching, especially the longer 
the Thunder continue to stay down. And one win may, in fact, turn into a streak. You win tonight, you, you reel off a couple of more games, now all of a sudden the Thunder is streaking. But there are no signs that the Thunder are going to do that. And even Billy Donovan the other night, after talking about that Thunder win over Phoenix, didn't seem too confident that his team really understands everything they need to do to be a good basketball team. And one of those problems is closing teams not allow closing teams out, not allowing teams to get on runs after you got them down big. And if they're not listening to Billy Donovan, if you want to salvage this season where you have Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams, you've got three guys like that. There is no excuse for you being one and five. There's no excuse for you being one and four right now with 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 those three guys. Now you do have to start looking at coaching, but you also have to remember. And I was thinking about this today as I was looking at the standings because being having Oklahoma City under the microscope, thinking about them, talking about them every day, I sometimes forget about other teams in the NBA, and one of those is the Houston Rockets. So if, we're, if we said a couple of days ago that the Thunder were the most underachieving team in the NBA, which I still think they're one of them, then Houston, I actually believe Houston has vaulted ahead of them in that category. But what is the heat that's on Mike D'Antoni now? Because you still have James Harden. You added Carmelo Anthony. You brought back Chris Paul. Yes, you let a guy like Trevor Ariza get away, which I don't think necessarily think you can blame D'Antoni for. That seems to be more of a Daryl Morey situation. And it's another thing with the Thunder. If you want to look at how the Thunder is constructed and the fact that the Thunder is underperforming, how much of it really is on Billy Donovan versus, versus how much of it is on Sam Presti at this point. But the thing is, when you're Daryl Morey and you're Sam Presti, you're going to be afforded the luxury of making a change at coach generally before the owner decides he needs to make a change at GM and just blow the entire thing up. I don't know how, I don't know what Sam Presti's breaking point is. I would think that if you lose tonight and then once you go back out on the road, maybe you come back with another couple of losses or whatever the situation is, then you're going to be forced to do something drastic in order to salvage the season because what you don't want to have happen is to have Billy Donovan completely lose the locker room. And a few more losses, he's going to lose the locker room. He's already starting to tiptoe that line of being critical. And if the Thunder lose tonight, I want to see if Billy Donovan goes full-on critical of this team, which I couldn't blame him. I couldn't blame him for doing if, if I didn't think this team was listening to me. He hasn't done it yet. But when it gets to that point and Billy Donovan feels confident enough that he can call the Thunder out to the media, then if you're Sam Presti, if red, if red lights aren't going off, if bells and whistles aren't going off, if they're not going off right now, then you're not doing your job as GM. And I'm not saying that I want Billy Donovan fired. I want him to be successful. I want him to stick around. He's a great guy to work with. He's fantastic to talk ba basketball with, and he's been nothing but good to me in my career. And I don't root for people to lose their job. I just believe that this conversation might be a little bit more valid than some of the other people who are covering the Thunder think it is right now because this season is worth salvaging. And if you're not working towards the playoffs, not only are you doing your team a disservice right now, but you're also doing your fans a disservice. And these fans expect something big this year. There's been opportunity after opportunity. And by something big, it's getting to the second round of the, it's at least getting to the second round of the playoffs. And, and, and you may not be able to wait that long 
before you judge the season. Tonight, I do kind of wonder whether or not Patrick Patterson gets to start again because he is so comfortable coming off the bench right now. He started last time against the Clips, and I know Billy Donovan said that that is a fluid situation, and maybe Patrick Patterson is a guy that can come off the bench and be fine. Maybe he's a guy that can start and be fine. But Billy Donovan, I don't want to see him tamper with that tonight. And as far as the other question in the starting lineup goes about Terrence Ferguson, I would bet you all the money that I've got in my pocket, which is hmm, 75, is that, let me see, 75, 85, 90, 93. I've got 93 cents. I would bet you all 93 of the cents that I have in my pocket that we still see Terrence Ferguson start tonight and not Alex Sabrinas. And I'll take that. I'll take that any given night, because with Terrence Ferguson, I at least know what he's getting, and I'm I'm hopeful that he breaks out of his offensive slump. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, why NBA players deserve to get a little bit more credit than what they do here in America. We talk about that here on LOT. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. If you are listening to this Locked on Thunder podcast prior to noon, then know that later today, I would think around 4 o'clock or so, you will get another episode of the Locked on Sooners podcast as we talk about Lincoln Riley's prospects of going to the NFL and possibly coaching the Cleveland Browns. And if not the Cleveland Browns, is there another job out there that would be really attractive to Lincoln Riley? I'll also tell you why I believe he's the perfect coach for the NFL and why, if I'm an NFL owner, I'm picking him over a guy like Urban Meyer. All that's coming up today on the Locked On Sooners podcast, which is available at LockedOnPodcast.com with all the other Locked On Podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network. Congratulations to Mr. St. Clair. I don't have a cup of coffee with me, um, although I do have 93 cents I can give you right now. That's about it. For still calling it on the Bucs, who are 7-0 and this year under Mike Budenholzer. And last night, they get a win without Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was in the concussion protocol. There is some speculation that the Bucs may have continued to play him while he had a concussion. The Bucs, of course, are denying that, and concussions being the red-hot keyword in sports now. Um, you know, I guess political debate, the, the red-hot keyword is is always like gun control. In, in sports, it's concussions. And it doesn't matter what sport you're in. Once you say the word concussions, people start to freak out a little bit over what exactly that means, what it's doing to guys. And this is why I say that NBA players are so underappreciated as athletes. 
Hockey players, they get lauded, not talked about enough, but most people look at hockey players like, all right, man, they're tough. They play through nagging injuries. Um, they're the guys that'll go out and play with a broken leg, and they're, you're going to do everything for their team. Football players, we know about Julian Edelman, who played in the Super Bowl most likely with a concussion and went on to help the, um, went on to help the Patriots win. Not smart. I would say that if you're Julian Edelman, and in fact you did play with a concussion, that's not very smart on your behalf. But hey, I guess you got a Super Bowl ring out of it. And um, when you go to your grave at 55, not to go all dark on you, but when you go to your grave at 55, I guess you can go with that Super Bowl ring on your finger. Sorry, man. I, I don't I don't mean to denigrate the NFL, but here's my problem. If you've not watched a lot of NBA games throughout your life, if you have not sit down and watched a regular season one through 82, or gotten close to watching 82 games a year, maybe it's 60, maybe it's 50, whatever, then you fully can't appreciate the physicality that this sport is played with night in, night out. And those nagging injuries that hockey players play through and that NFL players play through, basketball players play through as well. Steven Adams broke his hand, and I'm not so sure that that hand healed a couple of years ago when Russell Westbrook was on his historic run and people were complaining in Oklahoma City about Steven Adams lack of production that year and that the Thunder shouldn't have paid him what they did well now you see Steven Adams who is more than living up to that contract last night he sits out for a strained calf I would be shocked if he wasn't in the lineup tonight I now personally Billy Donovan if I think Steven Adams can benefit from a day off, another day off, then I rest him because you've still got 76 games left in the season. But NBA players don't just play through nagging injuries. Sometimes they play through broken hands, broken feet. They play through injuries that affect the way that they shoot, affect the way they defend, and then they get criticized for being on the court, for not disclosing these injuries. And they know if they disclose it, people might feel a little bit more sympathetic for him, which I think is another thing that that if I'm an NBA player, that's another feather to put in your cap. A lot of times NBA players don't want you to know that they're hurt. They don't want you to know what they're going through because they do know that they could get a sympathy vote if you knew that a guy was playing hurt. Like you would be like, oh man, totally dude is hurt. I get why maybe he's a little bit slow, but they also know if they're hurt that their team might be a little less anxious to run them out. And even if it's for strictly selfish reasons, even if you've got a bonus tied to your individual performance and it still means you have to get out on the court, I can admire that. I can totally admire that because I look at it as you taking care of your family, you trying to set yourself up for, or you trying to set future generations up, or you trying to set your wife or your kid up or whoever, And to me, that's even more admirable that you would play through pain to earn a bonus than it is necessarily playing for the team, the team that could cut you at any time, the team that could trade you at any time. I'm a guy that always says family needs to come first in in these decisions. Your body needs to come first in these decisions. And a team is pretty much just like any other corporation. They'll discard you when they feel like they don't need you anymore. But whether it's concussions or whatever the injury is, these guys play through it. And they play through it night in, night out. You don't get a whole lot of days off once the middle of October rolls around. You're expected to be out there sometimes playing on back-to-back, sometimes playing three or four, whatever the the, the schedule is set up. 
and yet we still don't see NBA players as tough. And believe me, they are tough. They are some extremely physical guys. And to give you an example of that, and I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast, Desmond Mason, I had the opportunity to work with him a while back. And I asked him, I said, just how hard are you guys banging banging around out there? Because I'm watching, and it looks very physical. There was a metal door that was close to our studio at at the place we worked. And Desmond just rammed his elbow into it. He said, it's about this hard, left a dent in the door. And I don't think he was just, I don't think he was BSing me. And there is such athleticism, such beauty to the game, but there's also such brute physicality that these guys need to be hailed for what they do night in, night out. And it is something to be appreciated. And even if they get bored during an 82-game season, like the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson, 14 threes last night. Dude, mad props to you. Mad props to you scoring 52. Mad props to Steph scoring 51. Hate your team, but I can't hate the accomplishment. We get all caught up into that, That I, and we hear about LeBron James. Oh, well, LeBron James was so soft. He didn't play through cramps. Well, try going through those cramps when you're LeBron James. It's tough. It is a tough, tough sport, and I wish these guys would be more heralded for what they do than necessarily looked at as weak because trust me no one that plays in the NBA is weak it's it's tough it's mentally tough it's taxing it's physically tough and you're it, it takes quite a toll on your body after an 82 game season this is the locked on thunder podcast i am eric g coming up next what does the future hold for former for former thunder coach scott brooks plus how hard would it be for sam presti to change in the middle of the year we're talking about that on the locked on thunder podcast The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up today on the Locked On Sooners podcast, I'll tell you why Lincoln Riley is a better fit for the NFL than somebody like Urban Meyer and what he and Jim Harbaugh inherently understand that a, a guys like Nick Saban never will understand as NFL coaches. All that's coming up today on the Locked On Sooners podcast, and that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Podcast Network can be found at LockedOnPodcast.com, and it is your number one daily local podcast. So if I didn't promote that right, it's Locked On Sooners today. Locked On Sooners, Lincoln Riley, NFL, college football playoffs. All that's coming up. The Thunder, we know, one and four. The Rockets are one and four, and so are the Washington Wizards. But as of now, Scott Brooks has that dreaded vote of confidence from the from from Wizards ownership. Nothing could be worse than when you get that dreaded vote of confidence, because that dreaded vote of confidence means here's the, the translation. The translation for a dreaded vote of confidence is this. Owners, GMs, whoever has the power to make the change has certainly talked about the change. And they've certainly thrown out the candidates. They know the guys they can get. They know know the guys they can elevate. 
They're just not ready to go there right now with the media, and they're going to give your guy the thumbs up because because what is happening when that question gets asked is, yes, they are thinking about making a change. But if the coach knows they are thinking about making a change or he doesn't feel that ownership has its back, then maybe the coach won't go out and do his best job. And if he happens to turn it around, great. And if he doesn't, then we'll just shove him off to the side. Or if you're Scott Brooks and you hear that, as soon as I hear that, if I'm Scott Brooks, I know my days are numbered. And I'm on the phone to my agent trying to figure out exactly where the next landing spot is. If I want to take a year off, what do I want to do? Because that's coming. You know, once the once the talk starts, it's coming. Here in Oklahoma City, the talk has only been from idiots like me and a few fans. It, it really hasn't come from inside the organization. Nobody's talked to Sam Presti about it because honestly, I don't think any of us really believe that Sam Presti would make a change this early in the season. Now, he's done it before. And that was P.J. Carlissimo in favor of Scott Brooks. Would he do it for Billy Donovan? Well, the hesitation on that is this. If you're Sam Presti and you decide that you're going to get rid of Billy Donovan, you now are trying to find a guy that can be just as simpatico with you as Billy Donovan is and believe the same things that you're believing with, which may mean that if that guy's not out there on the scrap heap, if that guy's not in the organization, then you may have to change. It may be about you. It may be that you have to relinquish a little bit of control on the organization and bring in a guy who gets to make some of the personnel decisions, who gets to overrule you from time to time on who's starting, who's sitting, who is getting drafted, who is going to be signed. You may have to bring in a guy that you let win a time or five, in order to get the ultimate prize, which is an opportunity to play again for another NBA championship. And he may have to come to you with some very tough decisions that you don't want to make, but may have to make it in order to keep him happy and keep the organization running fluid. I'm not so sure that Sam Presti wants to do that. And right now, Billy Donovan's not going to force him to do that. Even if Billy isn't completely happy with the way the personnel is and knows that Sam was in charge of it, He may criticize it, but right now we don't see Billy Donovan making that move to tell everyone that he needs to be picking his players. And I don't know how many coaches that are out there are completely new school to this way of thinking where it's all about the GM and much less about them. That's something that crept in from baseball. And if you want to know kind of where where that mentality started, at least in baseball, pick up a copy of the book Moneyball. don't what the movie's a great movie if you just want a great feel-good story the movie's good Brad Pitt's good Jonah Hill's good in it but it doesn't really give you a full understanding of sabermetrics why the A's did what they did why they think the way they do and how so many other sports are starting to apply that now to what they do with sabermetrics and analytics it's a it's a fascinating read and it will give you some better insight as to way to the way a guy like Sam Presti sort of works and thinks. And one of the things Billy Bean has said is that it's not really about the manager, it's about the GM, and that's where success rests is on the GM's shoulders, not the coaches, not the GM, or not the managers. And I get the feeling that Sam Presti thinks that way, and if you're going to make a change, maybe you got to back off that just enough in order to get a guy in here that somebody like Russell Westbrook and Paul George would listen to because that's ultimately what you need is a guy 
that they believe is in charge and a guy that they're willing to run through a brick wall for. Who that is may still be Billy Donovan. And that's the thing you got to remember as a Thunder fan. This may all still be Billy Donovan's game to win or lose. And he may, in fact, turn things around. Thunder may win tonight, may look good doing it, and we may be singing a different tune tomorrow. And that's the freaking awesome thing about the NBA is your opinion can change from night to night. And it doesn't always have to be you know, soaked, soaked in doubt. And it's not always a winner-take-all situation. That wraps up this episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. Remember to use us as your pregame at LockedOnThunder.com. We are here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, ready to talk Thunder whenever you are. That's LockedOnThunder.com. And until tomorrow, when we break down the Thunder's game with the Los Angeles Clippers, I am Eric G saying, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.